everyone. I'm your host, Liana Pavane, founder of TTYL, human connection advocate, certified life coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. I'm your unapologetic 20-something native New Yorker, advocating selfships. Yes, I'm in a relationship with myself while navigating the dating world. I'm on a mission to break down dating stigmas in our society and to stop ghosting. I started this podcast after my ex broke up with me over the phone. I know, at least it wasn't a post-it. And I realized that our dating etiquette was severely lacking due to technology. Each week, I invite guests onto the podcast from all walks of life to discuss their first date horror stories and best dates. Because let's be honest, we don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. The best part about this podcast is that after each episode, I've walked away feeling more confident about myself and my relationships. So whether or not you're single, in a relationship, or find yourself in a situationship, I welcome you to get comfy as I dive into the uncomfy so we can normalize it together. Jitters, on your first date, not in your coffee. I am so excited to partner with Jibby Coffee a lifestyle and wellness brand that crafts functional coffee for the balance-seeking consumer. They crafted a CBD-infused Colombian cold brew to help people focus throughout the day without the jitters or crash. Dairy-free, gluten-free, vegan, no added sugar, and no compromises. Made in the U.S. and 100% recyclable. In addition to the fact that this coffee is focus and clarity boosting, 1% of every Jibby order goes to a high-impact nonprofit at no added cost to you. You can even track your impact directly through their partners, Charity Water, Food for Farmers, and Cannabis for Conservation. Use code GHOST15 for 15% off. That's GHOST15 for 15% off on both subscription and one-time purchases. Available at jibbycoffee.com for free shipping nationwide. Welcome back to another episode of Ghost of Dates Past. I'm super excited about today's episode. I'm here with Jacques Martiquet. I'm Welcome, everyone. Totally <laughs> trying to make it sound French. Probably not succeeding, but that's okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, now because I'm French, my dates need to be extra romantic. Is that right? I mean, if you want that. I mean, you're the one who's about to have a convertible for a few days, so... I don't know. We have to talk about that. She said it already. I'm throwing it in right now so that people get excited to hear what the situation is. You know, we just have to entice the guests. I'm already so inspired to be more romantic and intentional with my dates. So We have to talk about this. You've already impacted me. Amazing. Okay, Okay, we have to get here. But let me intro you. Because you sent me this beautiful bio. So Jacques is on a mission to end the rise of loneliness and depression. Known as the international party scientist. I freaking love it. He has been interviewed by Vice, CTV, Global News, and Ellie. After completing his degree in pharmacology. Yeah, drug development. It's like, you know, everyone everyone loves big pharma right so like i just thought i'd put it in there for my extra cred right i love it um (laughs) (laughs) he traveled to 13 countries igniting hundreds of sober parties in public spaces during the pandemic he started hosting virtual belonging and mental health experiences for fortune 500 companies and large conferences oh so freaking cool i feel like we also have to talk about 
the sober movement too, which is something that I didn't include in the questions to begin with, but I have a lot of friends who are sober in their own right and for different reasons. And so I think we should bring that to the table. It's been something I've been thinking about a lot recently too, because you know how on dating apps, how you usually say, okay, let's grab a drink. But I was thinking that automatically kind of says to someone, okay, we're going to drink alcohol, but maybe if we say beverage instead, it's more conscious. But I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts there for sure. Yeah, there's three things that I want to comment on. First of all, I love cacao bevies. Cacao artisan, cacao ginger stevia collagen powder i'm like a total biohacker so that's like my form of indulgence it's interesting that you bring this up liana because i i mean i think that uh for me when i'm on a dating app or when i'm evaluating value alignment in a relationship alcohol is something that i do think about and and i think as the party scientist i'm really interested in alcohol's impact on group dynamics and the depth of human connection that we can access, even on a date, right? Like, what is the level of authenticity that we can reach on a date with alcohol or without alcohol? And, and obviously, it depends on the dose uh, as well. So I love that you point that out. And it's, it's, it's a big question. Yeah, I think so, too. It's Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of my dates do involve alcohol and it's something that I really enjoy. But then I think I have definitely been in relationships or like short dating experiences with people where I find that I'm always drinking and just drinking every time we get together. And I definitely think it, you know, liquid courage, it loosens you up, it makes you feel good. And that's great. And I think it has a time and a place. But I also appreciate sober moments just as much and I don't need alcohol to fuel me in experiences like I went to Ball last weekend on Friday night and I was sober the entire time I did not have one sip of alcohol or any drug or substance so it's like you know you can do you can be in experiences just as you are I think you can fuel your energy in other ways and find joy in that way. And just, I think it's a way, I think a lot of people use it as a coping mechanism, as a way to get through uncomfortable experiences. But I think there's a lot of ways you can do the inner work and make yourself feel whole and not feel that you need something extra because you as a person are already amazing and you're the extra, you're the flair, right? Everyone's unique. And so just lead with that and all your experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things I want to comment on, like, hell yeah, to, to being out sober. I, I, like most, most of my self-work has resulted from sober partying. I think sober human connection is, is naturally, it, it's naturally uncomfortable. But when you embrace that discomfort and you learn how to get through the discomfort and access uh, a place of closeness and a place of fun, then you have a superpower. And so I really think that I really think that alcohol helps, I mean, most people become 
a little bit more authentic and like the filter goes down the inner dialogue goes down the this like we just think about ourselves less we're less self-conscious so i i think that's all positive at the right dose but what i see happening in a lot of our gathering spaces is alcohol actually making us incapable to practice human connection in an intentional way. And I see one way that it does this is attention. Often when we're inebriated, technical term, we don't pay more attention than if we were sober. When we're on a date with someone, that attention is so important. That is the bedrock for belonging and for safety and for just feeling feeling good with someone if they're paying attention to you and i i find that when i go to normal parties now and i have these conversations people aren't and and this is like a larger issue in in our culture is we're just paying less and less attention our attention span is going down and down so all that to say my aspiration my ideal self when i'm on dates pays close attention to the other person and is fully absorbed in that moment. And I think alcohol reduces my ability to do that. Mm, yeah, it's so interesting. And I know I feel like there's so much more here that I want to ask you, but I also want to get to your first horror story and then we'll come back and we'll circle back to this because there's so much to say. So, so, you know, it, it's so funny. So I'm, I'm thinking about my dating life. And I think like my most horrible stories happened in university. So like long ago, and I'm, I'm sure some other people can relate to this, but during COVID, I haven't really been dating much. So I have one story, but like, yeah, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Okay. So there's this event that happens in our neighborhood and it's called a flow jam and people love to dance. They love to, there's like all these sorts of rave toys that you can use on a dance floor and like fire spinning and like a staff. And it's a cool like hippie community. And I'm in, I think I'm in my lab coat and, or no, I'm in like my sparkly jacket and I see this girl who's in this like spaceman jacket like a super reflective jacket and I go talk to her and of course it's like the middle of COVID so it's already super weird (laughs) but anyway so we're chatting and whatnot and we eventually exchange numbers and I we go on this like this bike ride together a week later and everything's going really well and it's it's funny so this the horror of this story was because of me <laughs> so we're we're going to get into Jacques uh, personal growth moments here but yeah so we're we're going for a bike ride and that's kind of how i like to start off relationships i i'm not like let's go on a romantic adventurous date it's more like let's go on a walk and see if there's actually chemistry here and see if we actually want to spend time with each other. And then we can do something crazy. And I can't wait to share with you the crazy thing that I did with this this for my best date story. Hopefully that's a question still. So we go on this bike ride and we go through this forest. And it's just super flirty and hot. 
Liana. Like, I'm, like, pushing her up a hill on, on her bike, and, like, we're just laughing, and we're telling stories. And we get to this beautiful point at the top of this park, and we're dancing and whatnot. And we're, like, we're just dancing in public. It's, like, kind of raining. It's fantastic. I dance really well. Okay. And then, yeah. Just throwing that I, in I'm there. A da- you know, you're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I dance like an idiot. That was like high key of flex. I dance. I, I love people it. have I love told it. me I dance well. So I love dancing. And so it's great. We're dancing. And then, and then, okay. So <laughs> she asked me, oh my God. I think she asked me what my greatest vice was. Or somehow, Liana, we got onto the topic of vices. And this is a sensitive conversation, especially when you're with me, because I'm like a total freak. I optimize everything in my life. Like, I've been sober basically all my life. I've never smoked anything. Like, I don't watch any TV. I'm kind of extreme to the extent that it makes me sometimes feel separate from others. And so that's something that I'm working on. So like I'm this total biohacker freak and we start talking about vices. And also I'm just like a research geek. And so I look at all the literature on health research and whatnot. And that's why I believe human connection is the elixir of life. And so we're like biking down this hill and we're talking about vices. And I I started and I started talking about my vices I don't think I came up with a lot of material, like a lot of real vices. And one of my vices is giving unsolicited advice, was giving unsolicited advice. So anyway, so I didn't really have anything to say, but then I asked her the question and, you know, she kind of like, she kind of opens up and starts sharing about her vice. And I'm like pushing up against some edges here, right? Because I'm like the scientist interrogator dude who who loves getting curious about life and how to how to live healthier and happier. And so I'm like, I'm asking about her habit and I'm asking more. And at one point I'm just I just asked a really stupid question and I'm like, have you looked into the research about the long-term effects of that? <laughs> And she like goes silent. (laughs) And that's when the date became horrible. (laughs) So, so I asked this question and of course, like my, my EQ was so low. It was low to the extent that I kept asking questions. I kind of tried to like dig myself out. And I was like, let's talk about like alcohol instead or something. And we like start talking about substances. And and so we're on this bike ride and we're just like biking home. And I just feel this sense of disconnection. I feel it. There's silence, like there's good silence where it's connected silence and it's comfortable and it's like mutual understanding. And then there's like tense silence. And so we're riding home and it's just this like tense silence the entire way and nothing flows ever again the conversation doesn't flow ever again and then we finally stop and part ways 
and it was just that awkward feeling like you kind of knew they were withholding from saying something to you you kind of get that feeling right you you know when that when someone's kind of withholding from you and so that's what i felt and we haven't really seen each other since but my my roommate and i have laughed about this a lot because yeah i guess i have i've i've had a history of putting my high standards on others and damaging relationships in effect so essentially my advice to myself is if if you're going to have a conversation about vices or behavior change or like self work getting consent is essential before you actually start to ask very personal questions that often have essentially when you ask people questions that encourage them to share something that they're not proud of that they just won't feel that great and so i want to ask questions that encourage people to share things that they want to share and that they're super proud of and i want to leave people with that feeling so there you go it was decent (laughs) no yeah i thought i think that's a great story and i like that it was about you because we haven't had a lot usually when people think of bad first dates they think it was the other person but i've definitely been on dates where i was 100 percent in my element or in my energy and i also really love that you talked about this connection and this silence idea because that is something and i don't know if you felt this way before i'm curious but i always feel that even through the phone i know when someone is avoiding me or when something is gonna end. For example, in this relationship I recently had for about two months and he stopped communicating with me and it was kind of weird the whole week, but then he stopped communicating with me for about five days. And at that point I knew, A, obviously something was wrong and he was avoiding me, but I knew that this was the beginning of the end. And then I recently met someone and I messaged him, he was away, and I messaged him when he got back from his trip. I literally, I kid you not, I I swear I manifest this when I journal. Every time I journal, the night before, I'll just, it all, first of all, I get it. For anyone listening, if you pushed away your emotions and you, but you feel this like really pent up energy, like take 10 minutes and just write down what has been going on and like write down the steps that you want to take with this person or your communication moving forward because you can talk to your friends and your family all you want, but if they're telling you something you wouldn't necessarily do in your actions, follow your gut and not the other people in your life because I knew that if I wrote out my journal, like exactly what I wanna say to this person if they didn't respond. I was like, this is what I wanna say because I don't deserve to be ghosted and this has happened to me so many times and that is not what I deserve. So I deserve a response. Whereas a lot of my friends I'm sure would be like, it's not, it's not worth your time. It's not a waste. It's a waste of your time to keep following up with this person. And it shows desperation and blah, blah, blah. But I journaled about this last night and literally woke up to a text message from this person apologizing. And like, he's not interested, but he was like, you didn't deserve that. I'm really sorry that I didn't communicate with this to you sooner. 
yada yada. So it just goes to show, and I'm not saying obviously I didn't conjure this, I'm not a magician or a witch or anything, but I think when you do put your energy in the right place and kind of start to reconnect this invisible thread with someone, I think they somehow feel it too. And they tend to reach back out in one way or another. And even if they don't, you you just need to do and say what's best for you in order to close the door. Yeah. So so closing the door, I think that's that's I resonate with your commitment to basically educating people about human connection. And I, I feel like yes, you're getting it off your chest and you're also you're also preventing other people from feeling that way and feeling that sense of being mistreated. But I, I really, so, so what I like to do is I like to, if, if someone's ghosting me, I will be very, very explicit. I will say something along the lines of, do you want to try this out? or not or something something along those lines and if it's not a fuck yes sometimes I'll even I've been wanting to (laughs) I haven't asked this yet but uh I I'm I'm transparent I believe that transparency is one of the bedrocks for functional relationships and so if I've been on a date with a girl a few times I'll be transparent and I'll be like hey I really want to see you again I'm not feeling like you're you're having that feeling at all. How how much do you want to see me on a scale of one to 10? Because the objective metrics matter. If it's a nine, it's not a fuck yes. <laughs> Just maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the other thing that I think is so important is just like these loose open ends, they bother me. And so I love, even if it's, even if it's just me sending a message and closing the end, like I don't even need a response. I don't, I don't want to require someone to get back to me. I just want to close that chapter so that my thoughts can move on, right? Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I need to close doors, even if it's just been a one night connection. I need to close the door because my crazy brain will on another episode this guy came on and he called it like your leprechaun brains like my leprechaun brain will just keep thinking about that person even though I'm trying so hard to like put my energy out and meet other people and connect with other people which I have been doing but I'm still somewhat hung up on that person and it messes up everything like my system is just messed up I always feel anxiety in my stomach so like my stomach will get messed up my sleep is off I have anxiety I need to know in order to move on and even if that means I sent a text message exactly that laid out what you said are you interested or not and they don't respond that's enough for me I at least put in what I needed to get out of the situation and that's what matters I yeah this this leprechaun brain right goes nuts in these times of uncertainty right like these these especially in in attraction right that uncertainty fuels the insanity of the mind and what happens i i heard this 
beautiful quote once, and it's about the the mental harm versus the immediate harm. And essentially, when someone harms us or insults us, whatever harm means, when someone harms us, the true harm comes from the mental harm that replays over and over and over again after the immediate harm. And so that's, I guess, the concept of suffering, right? Suffering is the mental replay that continues to reactivate, get reactivated over time. And so when when we're constantly thinking about someone and we don't have that closure and it's coming into our head every time and it's reactivating that that thought, oh, they're not really into me. What did I say? Oh, is this my fault? Is it something about me? That can be hard. And so that closure is so important to kind of reduce that mental replay. I totally agree. And switching gears a little bit, I think, you know, a big thing, obviously you facilitate these incredible events. I hope I can come one day. So you're, you know, a big part of it is meeting people in real life. And I think that's something that I'm realizing in the past several weeks is that I've been so present when I go out to events or experiences. And I'm just, I literally met people in a coffee shop last week, these two girls sitting next to me and another, she, one of them has a podcast and has interviewed a lot of people that I've had on my podcast or want to have on my podcast. Like it was one of those weird New York moments where you're like, wait a second, this is bizarre. And I think it's just all about being present and being open-minded and leading with the intention of the potential to meet someone, not the expectation that you're going to meet someone. And so for people who are looking to meet people and are getting frustrated with the dating apps, what are your suggestions for meeting people in real life? Where and how? Oh, I I love this. And I first just want to comment on this, this idea of chemistry, right? And yeah, I, I think that we we have full confidence in chemistry when it's in real life, right? Like we, we, we can fully get someone's vibe in real life. And so it's the, the greatest way to, to figure out if that chemistry is there. Of course, I don't do a lot of online dating. So I get the idea of screening people and I'm sure you've had a lot of FaceTime dates. But back to your question, yeah, it's 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 really about being inviting and being friendly as a way of life. I the way I dress, the way I exist, like my state of being, I look people in the eyes when I pass them on the street. I say hello to people. It's it's and it's not with the intention of getting a partner. It's just something that massively elevates my well-being. And so I'm just reminded of this podcast, this book that was just published, and I think it's called Why Talk to Strangers. And it talks about the mood, the mood benefits of talking to strangers. And I, I want to be clear, like it's a lot easier to talk to strangers as, as I guess, I guess in my experience, more men talk to me than, than women talk to me, but being inviting is this concept where everyone feels safe to say hello to you. And so 
I mainly do that through my appearance and through my expression. And there's a difference here. An appearance is there's something you're wearing that actually invites someone to talk to you. And so if you're just wearing like basically normal clothes, you're not you're not really inviting other people to connect with you. Now, I've traveled, this is like the extreme version, but I travel in like a purple blazer and people approach me all the time and start conversations with me all the time because I have this purple blazer on. Okay, the second thing is expression. How can we be visibly expressive such that people want to start conversations with us? And so smiling, open body language, dance in public, (laughs) sing in public, (laughs) laugh, right? This form of expression is is inviting. And so, you know, my my basic tip regarding expression would just be to smile at more people. Smile at more people and you'll be surprised at how many people start conversations with you. And of course, the next level up is just like get really good at saying hello to people. You don't even have to ask a question. You just got to say hello. Like you don't have to ask a sophisticated question. You could just say, hey, are you having a nice day? Nice. Oh, what's your name? Where are you off to? It's so simple. And really what matters more than the content is the connection. It's your expression through your body that matters much more than whatever you are saying. That was awesome. I love the tangibility that you provided for people. I think these are very easy to digest tips that can really make a difference, not only for yourself as the person being the approachable being, but also for the other person, the person that you're approaching or the person that you want to strike up a conversation with. I think it goes both ways, right? Like you're saying how impactful it is for you and how it increases your mental health to smile at people on the sidewalk. And then imagine how that, and that when that happens to me on the sidewalk, when I walk and I do the same thing, I usually put on something when I'm going outside that makes me feel really confident, makes me feel really good, especially if I'm going somewhere. You know, if I'm running errands, I'll throw on whatever, but Sometimes I do wear something fun and I've been stopped on the street or people will say, I love your pants or, oh, that's a great top or something or, wow, your hair's so nice or whatever. And it makes me feel so good. And then it reminds me how much I enjoy giving compliments too, because it goes both ways. I, I love that you're bringing up compliments, Liana, because recently I attended a festival And I got high off giving out compliments all night to random people. (laughs) So I love that. And that's such a great, innocent way to to connect with people. It's such an empowering thing that I want to practice so much more appreciation for for anyone, right? Yeah, it's funny also you mentioned that because when we when I went to GovBall, I went with my really good friend and some of her coworkers and one of her coworkers, old roommates and boyfriend, friend of a friend of a friend sort of situation. But this guy was the most hype man I've ever met. And his girlfriend was just like, oh yeah, that's that's my boyfriend. Like he literally, 
And when he met me, he's like, oh my God, your hair. I love the curls. Oh, the purple lipstick. Oh, I'm loving. Oh, the sparkles. I want some sparkles. Where can I get some sparkles? And he would do it with everyone. And then he'd come back around and go, he saw this guy in the, in the crowd coming towards us, like listening to music or something. He was like, young Adam Driver. You're like a more attractive young Adam Driver. And this guy just has the biggest smile on his face. And he's so happy. And this dude, and he's an attractive dude as well. Like he's super good looking, just like, but, but he's not, no ego, like literally no ego, just, just a complete giving, lovely human who just loves how he feels when he tells other people how awesome they are. And I thought that was so beautiful. What's coming to mind is this idea of your vibe, our vibe, right? And what I'm hearing in this story is this guy's vibe, his like energetic output is just so inviting, so friendly, so safe, right? And one of my core values is is taking control of your vibe, taking ownership of your vibe and realizing that you can have your vibe impacted by your surroundings or you can choose your vibe. And and I guess your vibe is just how you're feeling, how you're feeling in the moment. And kind of going back to this whole idea of being inviting, well, are you stressed? Are you sleep deprived? Are you in a rush? Well, guess what? Your vibe is not going to nourish people and is not going to invite people to connect with you versus this dude who just has so much joy within himself that he can just point at someone and smile and they're going to like feel his vibe and they're going to be invited to chat with him, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it all comes back to yourself and how you take care of yourself and what you do internally because, yeah, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired you're going to a be in a weird space and you're not going to attract the energy that you would normally attract on a day where you're feeling 100% and have done all those things to take care of your well-being. So, it's really important to to focus on the self first and I definitely want to get to that with you because I know we wanted to talk about the self work as well as the external work. I I first want to ask you for advice because we have different perspectives on this. I I want to know what you would advise me to do to get more women to reach out to me and talk with me in real life. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. <laughs> I love this question. Ooh. Because I find that I am always the one, I mean... Maybe maybe it's more subtle cues. I mean, definitely like eye contact, proximity, all that stuff. But I find that I if I didn't reach out to people, like probably like very few people would reach out to me. <laughs> and I think I've just programmed people to to respond to me like that. But such an interesting one. I mean, I feel like I've definitely started approaching people more. And I think it's interesting because we were in a global pandemic for 18 months and so I think a lot of our skills and just that whole concept have really dissipated a little bit and I also will say 
that people are craving human connection right now. And the amount of people that I've just struck up conversations with at bars or concerts or anything that I've been to over the past, honestly, few weeks, probably I've noticed it more since coming out of this short relationship. And I was also mainly dating people over the summer and so didn't really have the availability to do this. But now that I am, I'm really noticing how much people are willing to meet in person and how much people are willing to strike up a conversation. Can, can I add to that quickly? This, okay, this is, this is very significant. And you're touching on a belief that empowers us to engage in more human connection. And the belief is that people want us to reach out to them and connect with them versus the belief that people feel intruded whenever I talk to them when they're looking at their phone. But the the truth of it is people are craving connection and it feels so good when someone is interested in you, whether intellectually or romantically. And so I love that you're kind of describing that belief there. Mm, no, I love how you I love how you put it as well. I think and something I actually talked about on the last episode, I believe, was this concept of putting your phone away. I mean, that's my whole thing as well. That's my a big shtick of mine. But just putting your phone away and grooving to the music around you or giving someone a compliment or saying hello, because the biggest thing with our society, or I think that one of the biggest issues is that we always want to be doing something. We don't want to just be, be literally just be we're human beings. And I talk about, I've talked about this before, like we're human beings, not human doings. And so in our society, we're so go, go, go. We are inherently taught from a young age that we need to always be achieving something that we always need to be working and striving towards a specific goal. I think it's so beautiful in the moments that we do have leisure time. And yes, that can be considered waiting in line, but we always feel like, oh, we need to fill this void, this waste of time to do something. Our 20 communication right, platforms. Right, exactly. <laughs> to bounce back and forth our 10 social media platforms for the next 10 minutes, rather than taking a moment, looking around you, appreciating life, realizing how grateful you are for living and breathing the air that we do and noticing who's around you, who's in front of you, who's behind you. Doesn't matter if they're not a romantic interest, you can meet someone really cool. And I think that's just been a big thing for me. And I totally sidetracked off of your question, but I, I, I appreciate this so much and this distinction between being and doing and connection is slow connection is slow and oftentimes the connection happens in the pauses in the conversation the pauses where we actually feel because often when we're talking we're we're talking it's cognitive it's intellectual and then we pause and we look at each other and we're just like oh now i feel the connection right and then I, I love the word you use, the, the pause, the pause. We do not pause enough in our human connections. We're always trying to fill the space with, 
with the intellect, with the mind, with the headiness, right? And so I'm studying authentic relating right now, and it is all about being. It's all about feeling. It's all about embodiment. And our, our bodies, feeling our bodies is the gateway to another person's body. Okay, that's a little sexual, you know? <laughs> right? But like our, our body is our empathetic highway to the other human. And so if we aren't feeling our body, if we're not pausing, then we're not going to have that deep connection, right? I love the empathetic highway. So I'm going to think about practical tips for you to get approached while you tell me your best date story. (laughs) Okay, rad, rad, beautiful. So this only happened three weeks ago. And uh, I describe this as a soul connection, this, this person that I met. And it's tragic. They live five hours away. And so because it was such a strong connection, I was like, I could not do this. I could not be thinking about you all the time. Like, I do not want to be thinking about you all the time if I can't see you. So I actually uh, opted to like, just not communicate with this person anymore. But speaking of the convertible, (laughs) I might be... uh, I might be driving out and surprising her, but I don't even know if she's single or not anymore. So So I'm going to suss it out over the next few days. Okay, so the story begins at a really small, intimate little festival in this pristine riverbed location. And we have a wonderful first encounter and we're talking about what our parents taught us and like what, what spiritual practices we love. And we're talking about awakenings and we're just like so in tune and it was just like storytelling. It wasn't just like presenting, but it was storytelling. And so that was just this beautiful interaction I had with her. And then this is all context. So we meet each other later on in the night and I give her my ski onesie. I take off my ski onesie and she wears it and dances on stage with it. And I'm like filming her and I'm just like so happy to see this. (laughs) Okay, fast forward. It's like two days or no, it's only one. No, it's two days after this festival. And she's still in Vancouver. And so last minute, I ask her if she wants to spend some time with me. And so she's like, hell yes. And so we scheduled, we book off the evening to hang out. I see her and there's something so unique about these like soul connections or just these highly compatible, peaceful interactions where you can just look into someone's eyes and you don't have to say anything. And you can just like look at someone and just hug them and kiss them. And there's no pressure to do anything. And so that was what we did for like 20 minutes or so. And we're chatting and having tea. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of surprises. And so I'm like asking her what her physical ability is. Like, is she fit? How, what is her climbing experience? <laughs> 
And I'm like, okay, I have a surprise. We're going to get into some ski onesies and we're going to go to this place and we're going to embrace a beautiful view. And if you are not comfortable and you don't want to do it last minute, then we'll do something else and that's completely fine. And so there's kind of this like nervous excitement and we get in our ski onesies, we jump in the car, we're singing to our favorite songs in the car on the way to this location. And so we get out of the car and I'm like holding her hand, <laughs> guiding her to, uh, it's kind of like the island in between a highway, essentially, but it's like not a, a busy highway. And in the island between these two highways, are these giant trees, like these giant trees, 50 feet or so. And I'm like guiding her to this tree and she's like, oh, I see. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna climb this tree and it's gonna be the best view in Vancouver. <laughs> so, and then she's like, but I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, let's just take baby steps. <laughs> So, so we're like, we're climbing this tree together and it's a giant tree. Like this is, this is a tree three times the size of an average climbing tree. And its trunk is, it takes like five humans to go around its trunk. And we're climbing up this tree and I just felt, I felt so in my, in like my service based leader. Like I was just coaching her. I was supporting her. I was empowering her. And just like being like, hey, listen, I'm here and just being with her the entire way and empowering her every step of the way to overcome her fear. And so like we continue to go up this tree and we just pause and I'm like looking at her and I'm it's just a few more branches. <laughs> I'll be here. I'll be with you. And so we're, we're taking step by step by step by step. And like, regardless of her fear of heights, we make it to the very top of this tree and we're above the apartment buildings. We're above the apartment buildings in this tree, looking around at the beautiful skyline of Vancouver. And we're literally like on a branch and I'm just holding her and we're just like breathing together. And then we talked about like intimate things about our lives and we're just having this peaceful like conversation, just holding, I'm holding her and we're just looking at this beautiful skyline. And then it's time to go down the tree. And occasionally we paused and had some fun, shared some kisses in the tree. That was super fun. And we eventually made it back down the tree. And so it was, it was really, it was, it was beautiful to do something exhilarating on a date and have someone just be a fuck yes to like overcoming their fears and doing something they've never done before and it paid off yeah wow that is an incredible story my jaws literally drops i first of all i mean she sounds amazing because she just pushed outside of her comfort zone so we love her already whoever she is but I, uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds terrifying to me. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would do in a situation like that, but it sounds like you created a very safe environment for her. Okay. 
All right. No, no, it's good. It, it's a really good date story in general and one worth telling. And yeah, I love that. I think that's, it's such a beautiful story and a very, it's so cool. Like, did you know about this? You must have done this before or you never, have you to climb the tree? So I hosted my birthday party in this tree with like 15 people at the top and we brought a speaker at to the top. But I had never, I had never brought a date up the tree. So that was the first. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. Well, switching gears back, I was like trying to brainstorm as you were talking. I think the thing that I would say in terms of being approached, it's interesting because I think as our society as well, we, especially in cis heterosexual relationships, it's very much the women, the woman wants to be chased by the man. And so it can be really difficult to switch the narrative and go the other way around. And so I guess, I think... Maybe if if I can add, maybe uh, another question is how to get noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're not the type that, the, that has an issue with being I noticed. That. I think your thing is that maybe... I don't know, actually. I don't want to project because I, I haven't Please known you. Please project. No, I'm I can't sure project. That's on. not That's sure not you're right. spot on. I think I, think I was going to say before that just as a practice for next time you find yourself in an environment where you would like to speak to someone, try and not approach them and see if they approach you and do all your normal fun dancing Maybe you're connecting with your friends and laughing and they see your energetic energy and go and, you know, maybe, I, I mean, it's such a girl thing, right? To, to turn your gaze and kind of laugh and like twirl your hair, give a little, give a little look at the guy and give a smirk or something. But there's something really sexy about a guy who sees you from across the room or festival or whatever and is just giving you this three second long holding gaze smirk and you in that moment you both know okay this is gonna happen who's gonna make the first move and if you keep doing that a few times I and I would assume that the person that you're interested, you would be interested in is okay with, a, right? You have to think that the person would also be okay with approaching you. You don't know that person's level of comfortability, of course, but if you're in an environment that facilitates that kind of connection, I think that could work. And just, yeah, just being vivacious. And I think it's, yeah, just adding a little sex appeal never hurts a guy and never hurts women wanting to approach and learn more <laughs> Ooh, okay okay so we got to dive into that but i first just want to echo everything you've said being your radically authentic expressive self well for me it works it works because my authentic self is a loud expressive 
vibrant person. And so I get noticed, right? So that works for me. And what it does is it magnetizes people in my surroundings. It, it either, it polarizes them. They either become an opposite and they attract me or they become like, oh, that guy's like so weird. And like, he dances kind of like an idiot. And that's like a bad impersonation. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, the second thing I want to say is, oh my gosh, that's such a simple, practical tool. I love it so much. And I think I could definitely leverage that more. I, I really will be practicing that. And so how do I, so I'm a big fan of like, I, I know some striptease lap dance moves. But tell me some other ways to boost my sex appeal. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I love this. This is such a wow, what a swap. I feel like this is just okay. So so we have appearance, we have we have how we're moving our bodies, we have what we're saying. Yeah, I yeah. mean I definitely think For me, I love a confident guy, which is definitely something that you are. And I think confidence is super sexy for me. I love when guys are just like super straightforward, you know, immediately will make me feel comfortable with physical touch. I think that just shows that not only are they confident in themselves, but they're confident in us as a potential something and that they feel confident in being seen with me, which is very sexy. And that's why I really appreciate physical touch. Confidently and explicitly expressing one's desire for another person. Is that what I'm kind of hearing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's something, and I talked about this previously, but something that this last relationship was an issue for me was that he wasn't into physical touch. And so this was a point of tension that made me feel really uncomfortable because it didn't make me feel sexy. It didn't make me feel wanted. I don't want to wait until we get back into our apartment and you're just going to expect me to be automatically turned on. No, that shit is an all day, 24 seven job that both parties need to put in to make both of us feel connected and turn on to each other. And so I think that's just a simple thing. I mean, obviously the way you dress and hold yourself. Yeah. Let's, let's, if we can, if we can go a little bit more into touch, because touch, if we could get doctors to prescribe cuddling and everyone cuddled more, we could probably address like all the mental health harms of COVID. And like, we could, we could really heal the loneliness and, and, depression of gen z which is alarming tell me you know this this confident touch this like because we're, we're also in this age where as a man i am hyper cautious around touch because there are women who have boundaries and who can damage my reputation in in a second my reputation as a man who like maybe even just holds onto a girl's hand and like pulls it a little like if that is misinterpreted my reputation could totally explode yeah no that's a really good point i mean it's interesting right because everyone's different i think if you meet someone in person and let's say you are in the middle of the dance floor or 
you're kind of off to the side somewhere. And I think it's a matter of just saying, hey, let's go grab a beverage or something. And then you can kind of offer your hand. It's kind of like a way of getting there by asking and offering. And then if they're like, oh, like for whatever reason, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah I'll, I'll follow you or something. And they don't want to yet. That's on that's that on them to decide. If they consent to holding your hand by holding your hand back, they like that. But I also, I agree, like there are certain things touching wise, especially if the vibe's not there. I feel like that person wouldn't continue a conversation with you or want to follow you if they weren't interested. But if they are, I think there are little other things, you know, like putting your arm around her waist or, you know, kind of touching the back of her neck or something like that. Like, I like those little things. I think they're endearing and really sweet, but I've had that same touch happen to me from guys that I'm not interested in. And I get so grossed out when we're after a date and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going in the same direction as you. And then they put their arm around the small of my back and I literally want to jump out of my skin. I'm like, don't even touch me. Like, ew, I did not consent to this. So yeah. Can can I speak to this? I, I think that this matters so much. It's like, is there chemistry? does this person want to be touched? And we we can often accurately assess that based on the energy, based on the cues. And I think that I, what, what I have a hard time imagining is not understanding those cues or not being fully present in the interaction such that m- people don't know whether someone's into them or not, right? And so... Yeah. Yeah. I think the most important thing to make sure to, to consent for the touch. And I think it's just, it can be a simple thing as asking and offering your hand. And then if you don't want to take it a step further, I always think it's okay to ask to kiss someone, both guys and girls. I've talked about this on other podcast episodes because I've been in situations where guys won't make the first move and I'm wondering what the hell is going on. So I instead of being super awkward and leaning in, I will just go, hey, I'd like to kiss you. Is that okay? Or is it okay if I kiss you? And I think it's pretty attractive for a girl to also make the first move and be confident in that regard. So I'll do stuff like that. But I think not everyone likes to be touched or in public in general. So I think it is important if you're gonna move beyond the handholding when you're out in public with someone to just ask if this is okay. And it's, everyone's different. You know, you don't want to ask too much where it's like, okay, this is really annoying. This guy's like constantly asking if I'm okay. Some people, for some people though, like that is their thing. And they do really need to be asked because maybe they've been through traumas or they've, they're being triggered by something or whatever. But especially if you're in a dancing kind of environment, just like feel out that dynamic. Cause it's also, you know, we grew up in 13 year old grinding era and it's just not, what is that? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Does that still happen? Like. Who knows? We gotta, Liana, we gotta go to a high school dance and like as, as researchers. As like the creepy like sub teachers that aren't really sub teachers just standing on the side, the guidelines like watching these 13 year olds. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, I feel like, yeah, we, we became sexual really early in our society, especially with our generation. Not only our generation, I even think my sister's Gen X. So like her generation too was definitely like that. And I think it's really tough when you do become sexualized at such, such a young age because you aren't A, comfortable in your body and B, you have not discovered what boundaries are. You have no idea how to communicate what's okay and what's not okay. And I think especially as women at a young age, we just want to grow up quickly. And so we think that if we check all these boxes sexually, the quicker we do that, the quicker we can enter womanhood, whatever that means, without realizing the consequences mentally. So, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But I think as women, like we've definitely been through the ringer. So always consenting to touch. Yeah, yeah. What I'll add is twofold. I think that I don't know what's being sexualized, but certainly I feel with Instagram, it has sexualized our appearance more. And there's just like we're, we're signaling so 24-7. The second thing I'll say is my my advice to men would just be to to pay more attention to how you feel in relationship with the woman in front of you are they smiling and looking you in the eyes and like leaning in and are they reciprocating your touch if you hold their hand do they squeeze your hand right like there's all these subtle cues and then so i'm at this point where it's it's so organic and slow and peaceful that i don't really i know the permission is there so i don't have to put it into this heady heady mode, right? And of course, it's different a first date versus second date versus third date as well. So pay more attention. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, yeah, like a lot of women, I think would say, oh, I want you to ask me for consent every time. And then other people would say, why didn't he pick up on my, on the physical cues I was giving him? What the hell? I think we, yeah, it's a delicate dance and we live in a very sensitive day and age. So I think it's a very interesting topic, especially I've talked about this with a lot of my female guests, but talking about it with a male guest is is interesting from your perspective. But yeah, oh my gosh, the time has just flown by. I just want to end on a couple rapid fire questions that I ask everyone and then tell you can tell everyone where to find you. So how do you get excited for a date? I put on an outfit that makes me feel incredible and I listen to music and dance. I love it. Same. Like literally same. Literally any outing or friend gathering, I will just, the pump up jams, maybe it's an ABBA shuffle, something like that. ABBA, honestly, walking through the city (laughs) listening to ABBA is a power move. It really is with some flare jeans. That's all I'm going to say. I'm putting it out there for anyone. And what is your ideal date? (sighs) My ideal date is, I would say, getting in a fast car with no plans, putting a giant speaker in the back of the car and flowing, flowing with the wind, going to an iconic, beautiful destination turning on the speaker and just dancing at this beautiful iconic maybe it's in the wilderness maybe it's at the top of a 
parkade somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but just like adventure and not just conversation. Like I really think when we break through conversation, we do something like dance or singing or just non-cognitive ways of connecting. And so that's why I value music so much. Mm, beautiful. I love that answer. So where can everyone find you? Thepartyscientist.fun on all platforms. Bazinga. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jack. It's been Woo. incredible having you. There are so many more things I wanted to get to. More about the convertible, more about this romantic yes. side that you're trying to bring more into. We got to like the sexy side a little bit, but till next time, thank you so much. And I hope you yes. have a great rest of your day. Spread the fun. Ciao. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now.